Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. want to close your eyes for a moment and you want to pray that Lord this first sermon that I'm about to hear that you're about to hear as you've come to school you want to say Lord just talk to me so just give the Lord for just talk to him for a moment some of you were early and had the prayer time some didn't so this is your opportunity and just say Lord just speak to me as I come to start another phase of my life father we're grateful thank you for bringing us into a new year Thank you for this first Sunday in the new year. We're grateful. I pray, Lord, that as your word comes this morning, you'll speak to each of us, touch our lives, and may we never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, before you take your seats, I want you to ask somebody their name because it's likely you are standing by somebody who you don't know. So just tell the person who you are, Maybe tell the person the cause you're coming to read and just tell the person that, look, I want to be your friend. I have other friends, but as I've come, I want to know who you are. If you want to exchange phone numbers, it's also in order. I just want to say this is my number as we have come to this place. You want to say we are grateful. All right, God bless you. Take your seat. Amen and amen. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the Fountain of Life Cathedral. Amen. Amen. This is one of Bishop Dag's churches. And (laughs) and we belong to the mega church denomination. It's the denomination of about... 50-something churches in, the, in this region. And you are welcome. Hallelujah. But what is most important is that this branch is the closest branch you have to campus. And I believe that God has a purpose in bringing you here this morning. Amen. Oh, are you there? Hello, are you in the church? Uh-huh. Thank you for waving from the back. Amen. This side, are you there? Uh-huh. It's beautiful. Hallelujah. I believe that you are among the few blessed ones because you have been able to come to school. Mm. Oh, it's true. You may not have received the cause you wanted, but you are here. Tell your neighbor, don't, don't be discouraged. If you didn't get your first, don't, don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, take the opportunity that is open. Yeah, powerful. My name is Sister Joy Philippe Bruce. 
Uh, continuing students, you are noise makers. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Amen. And it will be my pleasure. In this, in this church, a lady bishop is called an Episcopal sister. That's why we use... I beg you, I need them to hear the information. Are you there? And so I am one of the bishops that Bishop Dark has placed here to take care of you while you're in school. And we've been here for some years. And it's really a pleasure each year to have this first service that is just freshest as you have come. And I believe that God in his wisdom has brought you here. Amen. Are, we are not the only church. There are so many churches on campus and people are going to different churches. But he has put you here. And I want you to see it that God has directed your steps. Are you there? Hey, you are still quiet. Anyway, never mind. We have three student services attached to this church, and I want to give you that information. The reason why we have different services is because as you are soon about to discover, you see that there are different things happening. So we have two services on Saturdays. Are you there? One service which we call the Gospel Encounter Service meets at Indies Hall on Saturday at 6 p.m., then a second service called the Faith Secret Service meets here Saturday night, 7 p.m. And then this service at 7 a.m. is the Presence Service. Okay? And these three services are exclusively student services. Are you there? That means you are likely to meet other university campus people here now there's one more service which we have at 10 a.m usually when you people are here it becomes 10 30 a.m <laughs> a 10 30 a.m service and it's also right here but that service is a mix working people um, some students are there and it's also here so take your pick decide to um, join one of those services, and when you join it, the idea is not that, oh, this week I'm going to Saturday service, to the next week I'm going to another, no, the idea is that you pick the one that suits your schedule and you keep it. Because a tree does not grow by moving around. A tree grows by being in one place and being fed in that one place. Is that okay? Is that okay? Beautiful. So just take note of those services. I'm sure on the flyers that are given around, you'll see the times. Hallelujah. And it is a new year, and it's also for you a new phase of life. So let me also add one announcement, which you will hear again. You've come into another phase of your life. It was one phase of your life when you were in primary school, JSS. It was another phase of your life when you moved into SHS. But in all those phases... Your life was guided by somebody else. Are you there? SHS is true. You, you could do a lot of naughty things, but within limits. When you come to campus, you have now entered another phase of your life. And this phase of your life is probably the one that is going to determine your rising or your falling. And the reason is because for the first time in your life, for most of you, you are now in a place where the thing called freedom is up to you. Uh -huh. Are you there or you're not there? Yeah. The thing called freedom is up to you. It is up to you now to decide 
whether you will learn or you will not learn. Nobody is going to call you about that. It's up to you to decide whether when you go to the lecture room, you will listen or you will not listen. It's up to you to decide whether you are going to chase everything that is in skirt or everything that is in trousers. It's up to you. It's up to you to decide whether you will pray or you will not pray at all. It's up to you. You may have come, as I suspect many of you have, you may have come from a Christian household. But the question remains that you will now know who you really are. And that's why I'm sharing a message with you this morning. Asking you, who are you? Who are you? You are now coming to see who you are. Amen? The film stars were trying to act something out. And what they were acting was to give you a bit of a message about the kinds of things that you're going to meet on campus. When you left wherever you were, your parents' home, your aunt's home, your uncle's home, when you left and you came on campus, I'm sure what was most in your mind is that, oh, I'm coming to do some education and leave here with a degree. What was probably less obvious is that there is also a spiritual world that is just as active and maybe more active than your physical world. Your physical world is going to be made up of Monday to Friday lectures. And for a few unfortunates, maybe Saturday lectures as well. But for most people, Monday to Friday. Are you there? But the spiritual world that is around you is alive 24-7. Monday through Sunday. And it's going to affect you in one way or the other way. And that is why this morning... I want to ask you to determine who you are. Who you are. Who are you? As you came to church, it's likely you came because you identify as a Christian. You know, when you are filling the form, and you are checking the boxes, there's what? Religion. Christian, something, something, other, and you probably checked the Christian box. But your understanding of who you are will indicate to you whether you just checked that box to because you were saying by crossing and saying I'm Christian, I'm saying I'm not a Muslim. Or by crossing it, you're saying I'm not a Hindu. Or by crossing it, you're saying sometimes I go to church. Or by crossing it, you are saying that, oh, as a family, I was born a Christian. By the way, there's nothing like that. <laughs> are you here? <laughs> and so for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to show you a couple of principles that will guide you. And that will show you a few things. Because this time, it's no longer what your parents are looking for or what your parents want. It's now what you want. Mm. Am I talking to somebody this morning? One of the things that you're going to meet on campus is a heavy secularization of the campus. Heavy. Heavy secularization. And secularization is just the step before the step when you say there's no God. It's just, just one step away. 
Secularization means that you're going to be here that, oh, those church people, those church people, you have forgotten that you do, you go to church. Those church people, so you keep your nose in your books. Let me tell you something. In this church, we have a very high rate of first, first classes. We also have a high rate of valedictorians who come from here. We watch over your studies. So I'm not saying this because we don't watch over your studies, but I'm just setting the pace right so that you understand it. And I need you to understand that even as you have come, as for learning, you will learn. Tell your neighbor, learning there, we will learn. Hey, hey. we will make sure that you learn. <laughs> we have our ways and means. Tell your neighbor, we have our ways and means of making sure that you learn. <laughs> Ways and means. Uh-huh. Are you here? However, it's not at the expense of God. Uh-huh. At all. It's not at the expense of God. We believe that God must have his place. This morning, I want to share something with you. And I want to ask you, my first question as I'm asking you, who are you? My first question is, are you a Christian at all? That's the first question I want to know. Are you a Christian? Are you really a Christian? Let's go to John chapter 3. Let's go to John chapter 3 and take us to verse 3. In fact, let's just start from verse, chapter 3 verse 1. Some people haven't read their Bible since they got their results. Anyway. <laughs> there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. I needed to take notes that he was a ruler of the Jews. That means he was already a religious man. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said, you see, Jesus answered and what the man was saying, they don't go together. Jesus realized that all this thing that you are saying is non-scoring. So Jesus just went to the heart of the matter. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. My first question to you this morning is, are you born again? Some of you think that the word born again is something that the charismatic churches brought. So that's why I started from here for you to see that it was Jesus who asked the question. Then the man gave him an answer. Nicodemus said, remember that this is the ruler, this is the priest of the people. This is somebody who was a, a, a main religious guy. He was now asking Jesus a question. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? That was when Jesus educated him on something. And Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so my question to you this morning is, are you born of the spirit? That is the question. If your answer is I don't know, then you are clearly not born of the Spirit. If your answer is, I am not sure, you are clearly not born of the Spirit. Are you here? At the back, can you hear? 
I beg you, when you come to church, eh, for a few minutes, just give God some respect. Put your phone in your pocket. It's not the time to be on Facebook or on Instagram or to be streaking or sending Snapchat or thread or whatever. We have just a few minutes. But it's a question. That which is born of flesh is flesh. I like to do a demonstration anytime I preach on this thing, and I actually use three people. Uh, Kata is here. Is Irene here? I picked them because of their size. <laughs> Angela is here. Good. I need two of Angela's size. <laughs> and I need one person in the middle. Should I? Okay, beautiful. Kafui, just come. Please come this way. Come this way. Please, can, I, can you see them? If you are sitting behind a pillar, please reposition yourself if you can't see them, okay? Because you came to church, you have to see. <laughs> please stand together a little for me. Now, I want to demonstrate to you something for you to understand what Jesus was saying. But to understand it, let us go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. There is one verse in the Bible, verse 23, which tells us something. Paul was writing and then he says something. The very God of peace sanctify you holy. Then he says, I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is this scripture, it is inferred in other places, but it is in this scripture that we see that man is made up of a spirit, a soul, and a body. Many places in the Bible use spirit and soul interchangeably. And the Bible even tells us in Hebrews 4.12 that it, to divide the two is not easy. Only the word of God can do that. Are you here? But for us to understand what one is saying today, I want you to look upon this man as body. Are you here? <laughs> body. Look upon this one as soul and look upon this one as spirit hello are you okay with me so far does it make sense so far good in other words as you are sitting there you are three in one so they are not really three separate people i have separated them just for the explanation but each one of us who is sitting there is three in one if you can understand it you will never again be confused because God in whose likeness we are made is also three in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Separate yet the same. Because each of these parts of us has certain characteristics. It's still us, but it's different. Hello? The one we know best is body. Tall, short, fat, whatever. You know your body. If you don't know your body, please say it now so that we send you somewhere. That one is another situation <laughs> but you also have your spirit your spirit is the part of you that goes if you have ever been to a funeral before they say that is the person lying there but something has left that's your spirit are you there to, are you okay here too beautiful now there's also another confusionist in the middle I'm saying confusions because usually they are so related you can't pull them apart your soul this is where your mind is this is where your emotions are that is why if you have ever had a broken heart before <laughs> you say oh 
please, if you are here, you have had broken heart before, let me see your hand. Note that my hand is also up. Some of you, you are liars power as your hand is down, but I won't say anything. <laughs> when you have a broken heart, I want somebody to tell me, how do you feel? How do you feel? Do you not really feel that something is broken? I said, don't you feel that something is broken? Hey! <laughs> I remember a young lady who had come to me and we were talking and she told me, Mommy, I am not well. I am not well. <laughs> I have gone to the doctor. They have checked my everything. They say that I am okay. But I am not okay. And upon further questioning, she had had a broken heart. <laughs> I want to ask you, the thing we call broken heart, if it was your physical heart inside your body that was broken, will you be standing there to say your heart is broken? Is it not dying that you have died? So what are we saying, broken heart? It means there's another part of you. Are you here? I can see that I have to explain a little more. My time is running. Mercy. But let's go to Luke chapter 16. I want to show you something. When you are reading scripture, you must always bring up scripture, scripture against scripture to make your point. Is that okay? This is probably a story that you know, but let me read it very quickly. In Luke chapter 16, from verse 19, the Bible says there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus who was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Now it goes on to say that the poor man died then the rich man also died. Are you here? And it says that, in fact, let me read verse 22. It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Now verse 23. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off. I want to ask you, which eyes? Did they remove his eyes before they buried him? Uh, okay. So, much as his body was dead, he could see. <laughs> Let's continue. He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. He cried. Is that an emotion or not? I told you, emotions are where? In your soul. Uh Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Did we remove his tongue before we buried him? So it's showing you that what we see, that's not all. There's something more. Amen. There's something more. That man was physically dead. But when he woke up wherever he was, he could see. He could hear. He could feel. He could cry. That's between your... Remember I told you, your emotions are here. And that's why you can have a broken heart. Hey, if your heart is broken, may the Lord heal it. Amen. Amen. Because when it's broken, you really feel it. Yeah. You can even wish that you were dead. Yeah. Hallelujah. So, you have spirit, you have soul, and you have a body. Now, what happens when you give your life to 
Jesus Christ. What happens? How? So Nicodemus was saying, should this my body now enter my mother's womb? I want you to ask your neighbor, how can such things be? Can it even happen? It can't happen. It can't happen. Now listen, if you have a chair around you, just lift it so that the ashes can see. Ashes, please, some people, there are a few more chairs. There are chairs around, cry. Quickly fill them. Quickly fill them. If you are a leader in the second row, something, something, move to the front and give people room. I shouldn't have to do this every Sunday. I'm waiting for you. Ah. Mercy, 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 mercy. All right. Ashes, you have to help them to move fast. They are more on the other side. So just usher people all the way down. All the way, all the way down. Beautiful. Sir Wobson, find the front seat somewhere, quickly. There are more spaces, more front seats here. If you are a pastor who's just come, please just quickly find a front seat and sit in it so that we can see what is left. Beautiful. All right. Okay, can we continue? So give us John chapter 3. Where is Elfina for you at two? She's where? Okay, she's got a seat. Do you have a seat already? Pastor Gaston, do you have a seat already? Where? Can you see my face? You can see my face. It's sending you a message. Beautiful. Okay, so can I continue preaching? Good. So now we have our spirit, soul, and body. Tell your neighbor, that's me. That's me. And Jesus was explaining to the man that that which is born of spirit is spirit. And so, Jesus was the one who came and taught us that your spirit needs to be born again. Somebody should kindly take me to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And I need another smallish person. Who can I use? Irene, are you here? Where are you? Beautiful. Just perch there for me so that I can do my switch when I'm ready. Okay. So look at it. Romans 10. Verse 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I am, I am believing God that all of you can read. Uh, it's my faith that you can all read. <laughs> Are you here? So in other words, for salvation to happen, it is an active something that you do. You are not born a Christian. God is not a grandfather or great-grandfather. He has only children. So you become a child of God by an active process. John 1, 12. To them that believed him. Are you there? Hey, the church is very quiet though. Ah, mm. uh, sorry. As many as received him to them gave he power to become sons of God. It's not automatic. It's not automatic. 
Oh, Pastor, me, I believe. Your believing is not enough. Because the Bible says in James chapter 5 that even the demons believe. I mean, what are you doing that's different? You believe in God. The demons also believe. Uh, you are surprised. They, they, they even respect God that they tremble. You, you sit in church, you don't tremble. When you sit in church, you are, you are, you are sending messages where the dancers are dancing. You are taking certain kinds of pictures. Mm, you don't tremble. Tell your neighbor, I didn't see you trembling. I said, tell your neighbor, I didn't see you trembling. <laughs> Look at it there. John, James chapter 2, I beg your pardon, verse 19. Amen. You believe that there is one God. You are done well. The devils also believe and tremble. So, in order for you not to be at the status of a demon, or at the state, because many of you who are here this morning, this is your status. You have been going to church with your parents because, Charlie, that's what we do here. But I came to, I am sorry to inform you this morning that as far as salvation is concerned, it's no scary. It's a good place to go because as parents, what can we do? We go to church, we'll carry you to church. But the day comes when you must make your own confession. That's why I read to you Romans 10, 9 and 10. It is a conscious thing. Conscious. That I believe. So I confess it. And when you do that, what happens? Your spirit is born again. Your spirit is born again. So it is a conscious thing, it is a deliberate thing, and it is your spirit that is born again. Why? Because, madam, come. Angela, come. For as long as you have your original spirit, which died from the day Adam and Eve did their things, just like how how many of you have ever loved lost somebody you loved somebody you love has died what do you do are you living with them in your room no we can't so just like how you cannot live with this one that you really love because the person was that it was it has died so also god who is a spirit cannot live with you and me if our spirit is dead and that is why when you confess him what you believe you confess it there is a complete change thank you and now you are born again and your spirit is alive not your spirit not your soul not your body if your hair was pink when you gave your life to Christ after you are born again it will continue to be pink Hello? If, excuse me to say, wabonkakra, and you have given your life to Christ, <laughs> still, still, wabonkakra, <laughs> in the following weeks, I'll show you what you can do about it. But I just want us to understand today that that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit as you have come to the campus today your survival will, de- will depend on whether you are born of the spirit or you are still in your flesh if you are still in your flesh I can tell you you don't have much chance you don't have much chance hey are you in the church 
Even those who are born again, that our spirit, our soul is not born again, cry ahead in Kakra. Now, <laughs> but I thank God for today. I thank God that you have an opportunity to correct it. I thank God that you have an opportunity this morning to decide whether you are going to walk in your old spirit or you are going to give your life to Jesus Christ and be born again. The decision is entirely yours. Nobody can die for you. Your parents have loved you. They've taken care of you. They have done their best for you. But you and only you can make that connection to Jesus Christ. You may have been going to church every single Sunday, but in the same way, if I go and live in a garage, I cannot say I am a car. Your going to church also does not save you because no church died for you. The one who died for you is Jesus Christ, and he is the one who has instructed us on what to do. And so as I come to a close this morning, I want you to think about your state. That's why I asked you, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Are you in your original state? Or are you born again? And if you analyze it yourself, and you think, you remember I told you it's a conscious thing. You can't do it by thoughts. I dreamt. No. Conscious. You must consciously receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And this morning, I want to invite you to give your life to Jesus Christ if you have not done so. It will determine what is going to happen to you the next four years, the next six years. That's actually why you are here this morning. That's actually why God maneuvered past all your excuses and still brought you to church. For you to this morning soberly think about it. Am I born again or am I not? It is my prayer that you will live long. But whatever we do, the Bible says that it is given unto man once to die. And then the judgment. It will be based on this. Is your spirit alive? Or is it the dead one you still have? I want you to stand to your feet this morning. And I want you to soberly consider and answer the question for yourself. Who am I? Who am I? Where do I fit? Am I born again? The Bible says when you are born again, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. In the Bible, the Lamb refers to Jesus. Does Jesus have a book there with your name in it? Your name, very soon you are going to be registering in your faculties. And your name may be under the faculty or whatever of science, college of science. That's one name. Your name may be at Wesley Girls High School. Nice. But you know, as regards matters of eternity, it doesn't matter at all. What will matter, what will matter here in this life and later is whether your name is in the book of life. And this morning, you have an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For your spirit to be changed. You may have been in church all this time. You've just not understood it, but today you understand it. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, just think for yourself. Just pray where you are standing. 
you are here this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. You are saying, I've gone to church all this time, but I didn't get it. Now I get it. Don't waste more time. You want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Just lift up your right hand where you are standing. Just lift it. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see all your hands all over the room. All over the room. God bless you. Now do me a favor. Step out of where you are. Just come to me. We're going to pray together. Just come. God bless you. Pastors, help us. Just come. Just come. Just come. God bless you. Just come. Jesus is calling you this morning. He's giving you an opportunity. Right at the start of your life on KDSD campus. He says, make it right with me. Come on to Jesus. Just come. Just come. Just come. Just come. Keep coming. There's more room. There's more room. Oh, yes. There's more room. There's more room. There's more room. So it is not something that you do silently. You confess it with your mouth. Let us pray together. And I want you to pray these words after me. And let it be your confession. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in your book of life. Lord Jesus. From today, from today, you are my Savior and you are my Lord. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for each one who has received you as their Lord and Savior. Thank you for writing their names in your book of life. I pray that their time on this campus will be impacted and affected by today. I pray that you will bless them. I pray that they will see an immediate difference even. And that your hand will be with them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. With all of me, I want to praise you. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter, at F-O-L-C-I-D-S-A. God richly bless you.